Lisa, that was an amazing, amazing interview. Oh my gosh, Dr. We, just, May. we just got off the best interview. I'm so glad we recorded it. I mean, we always do, but I'm just so glad we, <laughs> because there were so many bits in that interview, things that she said that I was like, that was a quotable. Oh my gosh. I well, one of her quotes I wrote down, how you do anything is how you do everything. That was just one oh of them. Oh my God, I mean, that so is my mantra. Many. Tweets, yeah. tweetables. If Tweetable. I tweet, but I don't. I don't tweet, so it's okay. Wow, I'm I, I'm I'm gobsmocked, gobstocked. What's that word? Gobsmacked. <laughs> I'm gobsmacked. No, that was really good. Let me tell you, this was Dr. Michelle May, and she's a former family physician, and she calls herself a recovered yo-yo dieter. So she's the founder of Am I Hungry? Mindful eating programs and training at amihungry.com. She's the author of the Eat What You Love, Love What You Eat book series that teaches mindful eating to help individuals resolve mindless and emotional and senseless yo-yo dieting to live the vibrant life that they crave. And you know, wow. Lisa, we've all beat ourselves up after we've eaten a whole chocolate cake. Okay. Now, are, you a whole chocolate cake? are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? I'm telling, I don't think there's a woman alive I know. That, that won't relate to this. I know. And men too, but our audience is women. So yeah. Oh my it's gosh. Frank. Yeah. We are, we are going to dive right into this interview. And she's all about self-love and self-care. And it comes from a very compassionate place. And she's just a beautiful person. So oh, ladies, you're going to just absolutely love this interview. Welcome to Living Visibly Over 50, a podcast where we chat about how to use your beauty and style to show up and be visible in a culture that says it's not our time to shine anymore. I'm Lisa. And I'm Linda. You know, the most precious time in your life starts right now. Together, Lisa and I explore all the beauty and style tools available to women over 50 that keep us connected to our feminine energy. So, Michelle, in this food-obsessed and yet diet-obsessed culture we live in, I mean, I, 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 I'm constantly seeing people, food everywhere. It's, it's crazy. It is. Um, how do you, you said something earlier about mindful eating or eating with intention and attention. And then I loved this piece, eat, repent, repeat cycle. Like, <laughs> how do you do this? How, how do you eat with intention and attention? Uh, it's a two-part question. And then tell a, me, a, yeah, it's about tell us about four, that cycle. Four or five-part question. So, so I think I most of us are familiar with the phrase yo-yo dieting, right? So it's such a perfect description of what most people that I work with get stuck in because they're wound up tight, trying to follow all the rules, trying to be good, thinking and talking about food all the time. You know, if they eat something, they shouldn't, they feel bad. They punish themselves with exercise and of course, that does not sound like fun and yeah. it's challenging to do in our food abundant environment. So most of us, when we get overly hungry or stressed out or our willpower runs out, we then ravel back down to the bottom of again, again of the yo-yo. 
And there we are eating all the foods we've been depriving ourselves of. We're feeling guilty the whole time Mm -hmm. where we feel like we have to eat it all. So we don't have to face it tomorrow. And when we go back on our diet, won't get to have it. So we have to have all of it. And I've already blown it. I might as well keep eating. Does this sound familiar to any of you? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that I just came off my birthday weekend celebration. Oh my gosh. I yeah. ate anything and everything I wanted to. It was so much fun. Is that bad? No, <laughs> it's not. It's not bad at all. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, pitch my books here. But the name of my you series should. is called "Eat What You Love and Love What You Eat." There so you go. I'm but, a big believer in eating what you love. But yeah. then I would eat chocolate cake all the time. Oh, That's a problem. You know what my dad used to tell me and. Um, as a doctor, maybe you'll tell me if this is correct or not, Michelle. He used to say, if you binge one day on food, you don't gain weight. If it's just a one day or a one time, you know, in every few months, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really affect your weight that much. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit because I, I want to address that question. Okay. We have to lay a little bit of groundwork because if we look at that question from the perspective of yo-yo dieting, then, then we're not going to get the right answer because here's the problem. Yeah. The yo-yo doesn't stop in the middle. You're either on your way back onto your next diet or ah. on your way back off. Oh, okay. here comes birthday weekend. I got to be good all week. And then on the weekend, now I'm going to be bad. And I'm using air quotes there yeah. because I don't really believe in good and bad. <laughs> yes. So what I, what I, finally did for myself to heal my own relationship with food and my body. And what I teach others to do is get rid of that yo-yo altogether. That eat, repent, repeat cycle doesn't work. And most of the time we're feeling bad, bad about what we're eating or deprived because we're not eating what we want. Right. What we do instead is change it into a pendulum. Okay. Hmm. You see going side to side Now, yes, sometimes you might be very careful about what you eat or you're being super conscious. Maybe you're training for a 5k or something. And then other times you have birthday weekend. (laughs) And boy, did I, and boy, did you, (laughs) but what we're not trying to do is trying to stay in control all the time that trying to be in Uh, control yeah. takes too much time and effort. And we're busy. We, uh, as women, we've got all kinds of other more important and fun things to do than obsess about food all the time. So mindful eating is not the same as controlling how. No. So here's the difference. So diets are about being in control. Mindful eating is about being in charge. Oh, I love okay. that. Okay. So being in charge means that I understand what's happening. I understand the situation. I see all the food that I could choose from. I know how hungry I am. I'm aware of any thoughts or feelings I'm having, both about the food, but more often about anything else that's going on in my life. And so with all that information, which is all gathered in the present moment, which is what mindfulness is about, I get to make the Mm -hmm. perfect decision for myself. So what happens is instead of swinging from in control to out of control, I find a smaller arc in the middle of the pendulum where I am in charge. I'm in charge of the choices that I'm making and I decide, okay, birthday weekend, I'm having two pieces of chocolate cake if I want. Yeah. 
<laughs> I may or may not want it for breakfast like I did back when I was breaking my diet. But if I really, really, really do, I do. I'll have That's it. Right. And it's, it doesn't, it doesn't create a cycle of guilt and it doesn't cause me yeah. to then punish myself with exercise. So mindful eating is really about finding a smaller arc between the extremes that works for you. And don't you think that's a metaphor for life as a woman of a certain age, I feel like I have gained control or been in charge. I've taken that role now where I'm very mindful of everything that I say yes to everything I put in my mouth, everything that I, you know, agree to do for friends and for myself. It just feels like it gets better as I get older. I love that, Linda. I found that for myself too. I'm quickly approaching my 60th birthday here in a few months. Oh, that's great. I'm going to have a birthday month. Forget the birthday weekend, (laughs) right? That's what Lisa just had. Yeah. Yes. And I'll tell you, you know, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like I spent the early part of my life trying to control myself and trying to control other people, frankly. Hello. And then feeling overwhelmed and out of control and melting down and the whole business. Yeah. I'm so over that. I I really, and, and I, I find this with a lot of the clients that I work with. Okay. I have this saying I heard from one of my mentors, how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you find yourself going from one extreme to the other with your food, it's likely you're doing that with work, exercise, relationships, all kinds of areas of our lives. So I think mindfulness allows us to find the middle. So can, so Michelle, can we go back to that, that wider arc where you're obsessive on one side and on one side and restrictive on the other and restrictive is similar to control. Did, did we get that right? Absolutely. And so how do you strive to, so that's the arc is creating that more balanced way. I've, I'm answering, I'm finding that you've already answered the question question that I had that, yeah. that smaller arc is the more balanced yeah. way. Well, so a couple of things. So there's a, a few specific things that will help you begin to move in that direction. The first is to understand that restriction and control just doesn't work long-term for food or anything else. Right, Linda? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so Lisa, if you're, if you're trying to control everything, then you're going to have an automatic natural swing in the opposite direction. Just think of a pendulum. So one of the things we need to do is, is to recognize that controlling eating has consequences. It drives us back toward then feeling out of control. So one of the things that we do is we teach people a whole different way of making decisions about food. And I, can I give you the, like one really simple thing you could try today? Yes, please. (laughs) So the next time you feel like eating, instead of beginning to think, oh, carbs, low carb, uh, how many calories points, what time is it? You know, instead of thinking of all this external information, turn inward and ask yourself, am I hungry? Mm. Because Mm -hmm. if you are not hungry, then spending a lot of time deciding what to put in your body is kind of silly. You're missing the point. Yeah. So here's the way I like to think of it. Okay. I love analogies. As you can see, I've already given you a few, but here's one that I love for this. 
So let's say you get on the freeway, you're, you're, you've got a you know, two or three hour drive ahead of you. You are going to be driving down and you're going to see a gas station over on the right-hand side. Are you immediately going to pull off at that exit and top off? Or are you going to check your fuel gauge? That's first? a great analogy. Yeah. It's so simple. Perfect. It is simple. Yeah. But think topping many- off. That's yeah. the, that's excellent. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. There's food. We could, I could always eat. I mean, we can eat. Sure. <laughs> right? I can eat. I can eat. <laughs> and, and sometimes you will. So please don't turn this idea of asking the question, am I hungry into a rule? If you're not hungry, ah, you okay. can't eat because that's restrictive. All we're doing by asking that question is trying to understand why I want to eat. So if I am hungry, then that logical next question is going to be, well, how hungry am I? Hmm. And the question after that is, and what am I hungry for? What would be satisfying? What does my body need? Right. If you're not hungry, that takes you down an entirely different path. That path is, well, that's interesting. So why do I want to eat? Oh, I'm bored. I'm looking for something to do. Eating is something to do. And I have about 999 other things to do too. Walking. (laughs) Anything, anything. And and preferably something pleasurable because, you know, if it's chocolate chip cookies, cleaning a toilet, I'm I'm thinking the cookies. Pretty sure the cookies are going to win. Yeah. Every time. So you need to have lots of amazing things in your life to fill your time and energy with. Yeah. Things that you're passionate about, things that are fun, things that are service oriented, things that are productive, all kinds of things that you could do both short, really quick, maybe three deep breaths or long going shopping for fashion, as I'm sure some that of, always some works for me. I'll take that over chocolate chip cookies any day. Right. Ooh, I'm and torn. You, <laughs> you have to You're know torn. yourself. You have to know yourself. You have to know what works for you. I just yeah. find that the work I do is not about eating less. Okay. It's about living more. I love that. Beautiful. I have. So I think something that gets confused is restrictive eating equals self-care. So we think I'm going to take care of myself. So I'm not going to eat carbs anymore. So I'm going to eat keto. So I'm not going to eat meat anymore. You know, how can you tell us? Yeah. That's a really, really, really smart question, Lisa. I mean, so here's the thing. If whatever you're trying to do is going to make your life smaller, meaning I can't go there. I can't eat with them. I'm not allowed to do this. I have to do that. If it makes your life smaller, it's restrictive. If it makes your life bigger, it's self-care. Interesting. So so think about this, right? I, I want to, I want to feel better. So what's your intention? I want to feel better. Okay. Then I think I've been overdoing it. You used carbs. So I'll use that example, but I think I've been overdoing it with the carbs. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm feeling sluggish. I know I'm, I'm really not balancing it with my vegetables. I'm not eating enough protein. How can I make some gentle tweaks to what I'm doing so that I can see if I start to feel better. And if I do, that becomes a positive feedback loop. Then I tweak a few other things and I start making small changes that take me in the direction I want to go. 
with restriction, we are pulling the pendulum all the way back to the right, giving it all kinds of energy. We do it for as long as we can. And then when we can't do it anymore, we let it go and it goes all the way back to the other direction. That's, you know, your body doesn't average your perfect days of eating with your worst days of eating and say, oh, she's a pretty good eater. I mean, that's how many of us think. And that's not really what happens. What we want to do is eat some of the foods that um, we eat on our, what we used to think of as our worst days. We want to eat those regularly so that they don't have power so that they're, so we're not eating five portions because we're never going to eat it again. Yeah. And we want to balance that with the foods that leave us feeling great and support our nutrition and health goals yeah. so that it's always an average of the things that we do because we love them and also the things that we eat because they love us. Hi, Lisa here. In case you didn't know, I also own Simple Beauty Minerals, and I bet we have something in common. Dark spots, lines and wrinkles, under eye circles, skin redness, loss of lashes and brows. I know, right? But don't despair. With the right clean beauty formulas, habits, and makeup techniques, those issues can be a thing of the past. At Simple Beauty Minerals, I empower you to look and feel your best so you feel comfortable and enjoy all that life has to offer. Just message me here via the podcast or reach out to me at simplebeautyminerals.com or Instagram or Facebook at Simple Beauty Minerals. I'm here for you. (laughs) I like that. So if someone does have a health condition, why is it so difficult for so many of us to create lasting change to, to, I mean, so many of us have started to improve, but it doesn't hold like, you know, the old new year's resolutions things, nobody by January 18th, we're all over. Yeah. (laughs) If if you last that long. So yeah. (laughs) Right. So even health conditions. So I'm a, I'm a family physician by training. I've practiced for 16 years. So I have a real, real heart for this kind of work because many times people, let's say, let's use the example of being diagnosed with diabetes. All of a sudden you're scared to death that something terrible is going to happen to you. Somebody gives you a list of everything you should and shouldn't eat. And you go right back into pulling that pendulum all the way to the right. You do it as long as you can. But I'm also a psych, I was a psychology major in undergrad And I know that fear is not a good long-term motivator and it's not good for our, our nervous system. What really motivates us long-term is to feel better. And so when we have a diagnosis like diabetes or any other, any other medical issue that we're wanting to take care of, instead of thinking about drastic moves that are not sustainable, Let's think about those gradual small steps that bring us closer to what we want and that we can realistically sustain long-term. I always yeah. have in the back of my mind the, the um, concept of just reach for the next step that makes you feel better. Sounds like what you're saying. I think that's great. I love that. I love that. I often explain to people that you know, we all know people who just don't seem to struggle with these issues at all. They eat whatever they want. They don't worry about it. They're, you know, they're, they're, they, they love to move their body. They may or may not belong to the gym, but they just live their lives. Those people are eating what I call instinctively. 
Yeah. They're listening to their body's cues about hunger and fullness. So let's go back, Linda, to what your dad said. That's what I you do. know. He yeah. is probably a person who eats instinctively. And if he yeah. has a birthday weekend and eats things that he doesn't ordinarily eat or more yeah. than he ordinarily eats, he will naturally feel overly full. Mm -hmm. He will naturally compensate yeah. by not being as hungry or being hungry for different foods. He's not punishing and depriving himself. Mm -mm. He's just naturally moving toward what his body wants. So I say that it's, it's about having an intention to feel better when you're done eating than you did when you started. Oh, that's a quote. That's very good. <laughs> well, so okay. About this. If yeah. you're hungry, your, your energy is low. Your stomach is growling. It's harder to focus. And I don't know about you, but I get a little hangry. Hey, oh boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my husband calls it, but yeah. I'm hangry, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't feel great. And then when I eat, especially if I choose something that's a wonderful balance of enjoyment and nourishment, and I eat it in a way that brings me pleasure, I'm not distracted, trying to do yeah. 10 things while I'm eating. And I listen to my body's cues of satiety and stop when I've had enough, not when the plate or the package is empty. And then afterward, I feel great. My energy's back up. I'm not overly full and sluggish and I'm ready to do the next thing. Very much so. Well, you know, a lot of women uh, in general uh, are weight conscious because mm -hmm. of our society. And what I find is that they tell me as a stylist, they don't want to go shopping until they lose weight. Mm -hmm. And that makes me so sad. And I, my goal is always to help them feel beautiful just the way they are. And then that motivates them to maybe do what you're talking about, you know, take those um, steps toward mindful eating. But what would you say to these women so they can accept their body shape mm -hmm. and love their bodies the way they are today? Because it's a yeah. process, I'm even, sure. And even if they're still striving for, yeah. for to feel better right. at the same time, right. yeah, sometimes. Right. Well, you, you've hit on one of my areas of passion these days, oh, which is how to take a weight neutral or a weight inclusive approach to health. In fact, I just okay. got an article published in a nutrition journal on this for clinicians. Okay. So weight does not equal health. This is right. a, this is a myth. It is it. The research does not show that wow. weight is directly correlated to health in all cases. And weight does not necessarily cause certain diseases. They might travel together but it doesn't mean that weight caused the problem. Diabetes is a really good example of this. Yeah. People gain weight because they have insulin resistance. They get diabetes because they have insulin resistance. And then others say, oh, your weight caused your diabetes. No, probably insulin resistance caused your weight and your diabetes. Okay. That's a, that's a different path, but I, I just have to, yeah, I don't get, don't get me on my soapbox. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You can come and down now. Yeah. In my, in my humble opinion, I also do not believe that weight equates to beauty. Like you, Linda, Gee. I believe beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. Yes. I believe that when we radiate beauty from the inside out, it's obvious. Yes. I believe we can clothe our bodies, dress our bodies in whatever way expresses our personal style. And when we show up fully 
people are just drawn to us. We yes. don't have to be a certain size. And you know, there's a lot of women out there who are absolutely inspiring and gorgeous in the bodies yeah. they have. Yeah. So as you're pointing out, if someone is closed up and won't go shopping and doesn't, you know, is, uh, I say, postponing their lives and yes. reach some arbitrary, right. Right. Yes. then their life is just ticking by one day at a time. And I'm telling you from the work that I do, and I work with all ages, I work with men too, but obviously a lot of women are drawn to this work. Yeah. I can just tell you that as I work, work with them and I start to watch them blossom, yeah. it's amazing. They start living their lives fully and yeah. suddenly all the ways that they are taking care of themselves, start plugging up the holes that they were trying to plug up with food before. Hallelujah. <laughs> Big <pause. laughs> and what I do, I do similar work. And so does Lisa in that if we can show them how beautiful they are yes. as they are, then that fulfills them so much that they do start living. They start yeah. actually living and accepting and loving themselves. Love and I it. think all three of us, that is, that's our passion. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love Beautiful. your focus on older women. You know, I, yeah. I have often said, you know, I didn't spend the first 30 years of my life hating my body to spend the next 30 years hating my age. I'm just not <laughs> going to do it. That's another not, quotable. I'm, that is a quotable. Oh my gosh. That's good. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing. I think it's a lot of external pressure that's put yeah. on us that we've then internalized. And we yeah. haven't been able to sometimes differentiate these messages that are outside <sighs> of ourselves. If we can start to drop into our core and recognize that we are yeah. enough just as we are. And, and get all that stuff out of the way so that yeah. we can then do our work and, and show up for the people we care about and do the things that only we are right. uniquely qualified to do. I think it just shifts your perspective completely. Beautifully said. Well, you know, it, in Living Visibly Over 50, we talk a lot about beauty and fashion. So we always ask our guests, if you're willing, um, to talk a little bit about your um, attitude towards style and beauty. Do you wear makeup? What are some of your beauty rituals? Just share self, something, self, something about yeah. self-care. Yeah, sure, sure. Thank you for that. Um, so I definitely wear makeup when I go out. Um, if I'm just working from home and not on Zoom as I am three or four <laughs> a days lot. a week, yeah, uh, then I will not wear makeup if my husband doesn't put any pressure on me to to look any different than I do. But um, but I yeah. like I like to to put some makeup on and get out there. And I I, I know this is just audio, but I'm a redhead, so you know <laughs> I don't have eyebrows if I don't. So. <laughs> So, we all lose our eyebrows in these years. So, no. oh, even, oh, I've got eyebrows, but you just can't see them because they're yeah. blonde. <laughs> uh, the other thing for me is I was very lucky um, being a physician. I was lucky at some point, some physician friend of mine or dermatologist 
recommended a retinol, a prescription retinol product. And Hallelujah. Using, yeah. I yeah. started using that at a, you know, fairly a number of two, maybe two, three decades ago. And, and never stop. Oh, man. Yeah. Never stop. That's great. Huge difference. Now I live in Arizona and unfortunately I grew up at a time when sunscreen wasn't really known, but I yeah. have been religious about sunscreen for yeah. the last, let's say 40 years. Yeah. Um, and, and have my daughter doing that as well. And I, I think that's good for you. Really we got to teach. We have to pass that to our younger generations. Well, and you know, Lisa, I've heard you talk about it and I think it's true absolutely from a beauty perspective and certainly from a health cancer perspective mm -hmm. so yeah. really really important so those are the biggies um i i hydrate regularly i don't know That's if the science one. really supports that you hydrate your skin from the inside out but again i live yeah. in arizona yeah you turn into if you're thirsty <laughs> if you're yeah. thirsty you've waited too long you need <laughs> right to hydrate yeah and i believe in other basics you know i i sleep enough i do yoga i love to hike i i love to play yeah. pickleball i do weight training you know i do things that i think support the energy and mm. the productivity and the fun that i want to do i i don't punish myself with exercise anymore Mm -hmm. I find things I love to do. Now I don't love weight training to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. But during the pandemic, my husband and I finally started using that home gym of all the, <laughs> the hand-me-down exercise equipment nobody else used. And we watch a series on Netflix. So it's taking us forever, but we're almost through Ozark, right? Like so, <laughs> You know, well, you found a fun and entertaining way to get, to get your weightlifting in. That's exactly. brilliant. I did. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Michelle, tell us where everyone can find you. Wonderful. Um, so my website is amihungry.com. Amihungry.com. Um, if you go to that homepage, there are several freebie things you can get. If you scroll down to the bottom, you can download the first chapter of Eat What You Love, Love What You Eat for free. That's cool. I'm going to do that. Me yeah, too. it'll talk about that instinctive eating cycle, the overeating cycle, and the restrictive eating cycle. We kind of touched on them, but yeah. I think if you read that, I think you'll know immediately whether this is an approach that makes sense for you. And I want to say too, if um, for you listeners, I want you to go to her website, amihungry.com and take her quiz. You have a quiz there. I forget. What do you call it? I took it it's this morning. Eating cycle assessment. Yes. I took that assessment and I learned a lot just by taking the assessment and that was really helpful. So I want, I will link all of this in the show notes. I want fabulous. everyone to go do this. Fabulous. Fabulous. And I run a mindful eating support community. I, I work mm -hmm. with people on Zoom um, every week, I coach and and teach workshops on Zoom. So if somebody if somebody finds that this just makes sense for them and they're ready to give up on that eat repent repeat cycle, I would love to help you. I think just as you guys do or ladies do, beauty is from the inside out, and we need to start getting all the other stuff out of the way so we can shine and show up and Amen. be visible. Show up. Show up visibly. 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 That's, right. That's right. That's right. This what a pleasure was amazing. You. Oh boy. Invite Dr. Me May. Invite we me will. Back. We've we'll got talk like... about emotional eating. We can talk about eating during the holidays. Oh my gosh. Let's do New that Year's one. Resolutions. Oh yeah. We could, we could have a lot of good conversations. We I find that I eat a back. lot more, uh, 
in the winter time, you know, when it's cold out mm. in the summer, I'm not motivated. I don't have that same hunger. So I think, yeah, let's get back together in the fall. We'll okay. Do that, that sounds, sounds great. In the winter. Yeah. Thank Wonderful. you so much for being here. This was awesome. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here and listening to the entire Living Visibly Over 50 podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Your five-star rating, wink, wink, and review helps us reach more women so they too can get a confidence boost to show up and stand out over 50. And be sure to head over to simplebeautyminerals.com for your beauty and skincare needs and truecolorsbylinda.com to enroll in a color and style course. But wait, bonus! We are running a contest. Leave us a written review on iTunes, screenshot your review and message us to Instagram or Facebook and you'll be entered into the contest. We'll choose a winner once a month who will receive a 15% gift code from both Lisa and Linda.